Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Welcome to Foundational You. I'm Dr. Dean. Thank you for joining me today in this podcast. We've got some special study that we're going to begin today. It's going to go over the next four podcasts. I've entitled it Jewels from the Christmas Story. Jewels from the Christmas Story. Each week in the podcast, we're going to take a little nugget out of the Christmas story And it's going to help us see in a greater measure the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to help us understand more the the miracle work that he was doing and how that Christmas should very much be a part of the Christian's life. A disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ should very much be celebrating Christmas and honoring Christmas. Now, I know there are many that would disagree with that statement. They identify Christmas as totally pagan uh, because celebration at December 25th is connected with the winter solstice, and that's pagan. The the Christmas tree is pagan, and and they will quote scriptures about being under every green tree, and uh, and they, they will totally connect the celebration of Christmas with paganism, not understanding these beautiful jewels that are held inside the Christmas story that call us to celebrate uh, Christmas and that it should be very much a part of the life of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So over the next uh, today and and over the next uh, uh, three uh, podcasts, we're going to look at some jewels out of the Christmas story. And it all begins with, first of all, understanding God loves celebrations. Scripture is filled with God wanting to hold celebrations and festivals. It begins with creation. It talks about how that that all of creation, as God was making creation, they were celebrating and they were singing and they were praising Almighty God. When Moses first went to Pharaoh and said, God has sent me to lead the children of Israel out of slavery. And what did he say to them? He said, said, Pharaoh, we're going to go into the wilderness and we're going to hold a festival, a chag. Chag literally means a pilgrimage of celebration. A pilgrimage of celebration. And it holds with it the idea of music and dancing and, and celebration. When the children of Israel had been delivered out of slavery and they were in the wilderness, God commanded Israel throughout all of history that they were to celebrate seven festivals throughout the year. Three of those festivals, all of the Hebrew men were to come to the place appointed by God, which would become Jerusalem, the place appointed by Almighty God, And they were to come three times in the year. They were to come, all of the Hebrew men, and hold a festival, a chagag. Chagag, yes, it comes from from the word for pilgrimage celebration. 
But Chagag literally means to dance, to twirl, to celebrate. In other words, you're going to come, all of the Hebrew men are going to come to Jerusalem and they're going to dance, they're going to sing, they're going to celebrate because these are my festivals. And those three festivals that all the Hebrew men were to come was unleavened bread and Passover. That's in the spring, the March, April on our calendar. The second was the festival of Pentecost, which is held in the, uh, the time of May and June and is connected with first fruits. Going to come back to that in a moment. And then the third time was the Feast of Tabernacles. That was the harvest time in September, October. So three times a year, March, April, May, June, September, October. The men were to come and they're going to sing. They're going to celebrate. There's going to be music. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be celebration. But there were four other times a year that Israel was to hold a chog, a chog of, of pilgrimage celebration. And that was first fruits. That again is, is uh, uh, in the, and when they would bring the wave offering, that was at the time of the first harvest, right? Okay. And then the Feast of Trumpets, the New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And then uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And then on the Sabbath rests. The seventh day, the seventh year, they were to, they were to hold a jubilee, a celebration. Now, what are we talking about? Talking about that Almighty God loves celebrations. He loves festivals. He loves music. He loves dancing. That is why when we read about worship in the book of Psalms and the nine Hebrew words that are translated worship, those Hebrew words carry that. One specifically means to dance. One means to clap. One means to shout. One means to... To, to lift a loud praise to him. Another means to get on your knees and worship him. So all of these words, God loves celebration. God loves festivals. And he wants his people celebrating and holding festivals. In fact, when we look in the scripture, both Old and New Testament tells us that when Messiah is born, there's going to be celebration. There's going to be festival. Let me show you what I mean. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 7, when it's talking about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, to for which of the angels, this is beginning at verse 5, chapter 1, verse 5, for to which of the angels did he at any time say, You're my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, that's the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, let all the angels of God worship him. Did you catch that? There's going to be celebration in heaven. And indeed, indeed there was. When we go to the Gospel of Luke, 
chapter 2, and we begin reading at verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a company of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Wow! All of heaven was rejoicing and celebrating at the birth of Messiah, when Messiah had come into the world. Now, doesn't it just seem good practice that if the night Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, that all of heaven was rejoicing and celebrating, that then you and I as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we should celebrate his birth, that we should hold celebration, that we should be praising and glorifying and honoring God because Messiah has come into the world? Of course we should. Almighty God set the example. He set the example for us. The angels celebrated. And of course, what do we know? We know that the shepherds went and they celebrated. And after they saw Jesus lying in the manger with Mary there in the, in the cave outside of Bethlehem, then they went into Bethlehem and they began to tell the story. Do you know what just happened in Bethlehem? Messiah has been born. They celebrated. They celebrated. And then what do we know? Almighty God sent signs throughout the Middle East and the wise men in, in uh, what we would know today, probably in, in Iraq, what we would know today, that these men saw the sign and they said, a king has been born. Let's go celebrate. And then they came. Now, it was two years later after Jesus had been born, but they came and they celebrated the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. How much more should we be celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, the question, of course, is if we're celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, how should we be doing that? And why should we be celebrating? Well, the manner is going to vary for many, okay? <clears throat> should, there, should there be a tree? Well, folks, what is connected over and over in Scripture with the Lord Jesus Christ? A tree. Now, of course, we know that when it talks about the tree, it is specifically referring to a wooden cross. We understand that. What else is connected with Jesus Christ? Well, we're going to see that there are many connections, that, that lights are connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so to put lights on a tree... We, we know that, that gifts were connected with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the wise men came and brought frankincense and myrrh and gold as gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ because the king had been born. And so how we celebrate 
is, is it okay that we celebrate with the giving of gifts? Well, of course, his birth was celebrated with the giving of gifts. Would it be okay that we, that we put up a tree to, as a symbol that, that of what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, that Jesus Christ was made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that the promise, uh, that the the Holy Spirit should be given as was promised. And so you and I today, we have what we have today because Jesus Christ hung on a tree. And so if we put a tree up to celebrate Jesus Christ who hung on the tree for us, of course that's appropriate. When we're looking at Christmas story and we're talking about celebrating, it should be very much a part and it should be a joyful, celebrative time. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Almighty God wants us to celebrate that Messiah has come into the world. Why? Because without Messiah, there's no hope for mankind. Christmas is all about the fact that hope has finally come for the human race previous to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no hope except in the hope of the promise. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. When the Almighty God said to the serpent, to Lucifer, that the seed of woman will crush your head. You will bruise his heel. God was promising There's going to come a day when Messiah is going to be born of the seed of woman. And he is going to crush you, going to crush your kingdom. And so from that point, all the way through, all the way through, through the patriarchs, through children of Israel, all the way through the prophets, all the way through was this promise and looking forward to the coming of Messiah. Messiah, who would undo everything that had happened in the Garden of Eden. Messiah that was going to set us free from the kingdom of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Messiah, Messiah, who would be our deliverer. Messiah, who would bring to us the hope of eternal life. Messiah, that would be our Redeemer. Messiah. And what happened? Angel came to Mary and said, Mary, Mary, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Mary, Mary, I'm bringing you this message that you're going to have a son and that son will deliver his people. That son 
will be the Son of God. Do you remember the story recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1? Do you remember the words of the angel to Mary and what he said to her? Let's read it one more time. And again, I'm reading out of the modern English version when I read these portions of Scripture, beginning at verse uh, 35. <clears throat> the angel came to Mary, uh, excuse me, beginning at verse 29. Uh, the uh, Greetings to you. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled and considered in her mind what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Do you see what God is promising? He's going to be Messiah. His name will be Jesus, Yahshua, Savior. But he's going to be the son of the highest. He's going to sit upon the throne forever. And of his kingdom, there will never be an end. Why? Because he is going to be Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, the one who will come with the power to redeem mankind and to deliver mankind from the power of death, hell, and the grave. The Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. And that's what we're celebrating when we celebrate Christmas. Almighty God celebrated with the angels. The shepherds celebrated. And you and I should celebrate because of who Jesus Christ is. He's called the last Adam. The first Adam sinned and broke covenant with Almighty God and brought death to the human race. The last Adam obeyed the Father. He kept the covenant and sealed a new covenant, a covenant that promises you and me that our sins can be forgiven never to be remembered against us again. And he conquered death and gives to us the gift of eternal life. The Lord Jesus Christ that was born in Bethlehem in a stable, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He came as a babe but he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God bless you. Thank you for joining me in this study today on jewels from the Christmas story. I hope that you will celebrate Christmas with all your heart because of who came into the world the first Christmas. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. 
For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com. 